0: Welcome to the Cubit Guy podcast, brought to you by Classic, the quantum algorithm design company. My name is Yuval, and my guests today are Marcin Detiniecki, head of research and development and chief data scientist at AXA, as well as George Woodman, quantum computing lead at AXA. Marcin, George, and I discuss what enterprises are looking for when they get into quantum computing, how Marcin and George build support within AXA, and much more. We hope you enjoy this episode please let us know how we did by emailing hello at classic.io. That's hello at C-L-A-S-S-I-Q dot Hello, Martin. Hello, George. How are you doing today?
1: Oh, thank you very much for having us.
2: Yes, yes thank you. Thank you very much. Feeling great.
1: Uh, so who are you and what do you do? So, George, maybe you start.
2: Yes, okay. So I am the quantum computing lead at AXA. ACSA. Uh, AXA, uh, if you don't know, is one of the leading insurers um, in you know, France and the world. And uh, I run their quantum computing project to try and see um, where we can use quantum computing within the insurance business and how it's going to impact us, um, try and gauge the timelines and make people aware within the business that this technology uh, could be on its way.
1: Yeah, and I'm Martin Dettingyensy. I'm the chief data scientist of the group. And among my jobs, I'm responsible for the R&D part. And this is how I'm involved in quantum.
0: Excellent. And I saw a presentation that the two of you gave in 2019. So I suspect you started quantum before that. When did you start? When did AXA start with quantum and what got you interested in the first place?
1: Yeah, so I, I think we started a little bit early. Like I would say maybe one year earlier than that. And and um, why did we start? I think, I think if you think about quantum computing, uh, we know it's kind of mathematically proven that this is going to disrupt our world, right? Classical world. If you think, let's say, uh, you know, something like a short algorithm uh, and prime factorization, right? And and this is what? We're we able to do something we were not able to do before the prime factorization. And and this is a disruption, right? So no, now we are Axara, We are a great, uh, I mean, a great, a very large insurance company, and our work is to think about the future and, and prepare for that future. So in particular if there is some sort of disruption <laughs> we we need to kind of get prepared so quite naturally we decided to prepare for it so what what i think what i think makes our preparation unique is that we invested time and effort to really understand the technology i mean it was not just about kind of like trying to figure out oh this is a nice use case and so on but really really going deep into understanding how does it work how how the mechanisms how can we can program the machines and so on. So this is this is a particularity, and and if you if you think about it, it, it's very fundamental because quantum computing for somebody who is far away may think that this is just the next you know personal computer, like you know the next generation, but but it's not right. It's it's uh, it's not because the, it's nature, which is associated, it's very strongly associated, for example, with the way you program it. I mean, if you design circuits. It's very different of you know object programming languages. So so really we invest a lot of time into trying to understand the fundamentals, and um, also because I think that this technology is very very good from some very very specific problems and and and, uh, and use cases and not for others. I, I think this is this is what it makes our our trip a little bit different.
0: Now, quantum computing in, in the financial services industry has a lot of different use cases, right? From risk analysis to portfolio optimization and uh, credit risk and, and what have you. Is there a particular use case that or use cases that you found are interesting to AXA? Uh,
2: I think I'll take this one. Um, so I think a majority of our work um, over the last like two or three years now has been to find this use case. Um, because finance, of course, has lots of interesting use cases, as you can see from all of the um, publications that are coming like out of all the big investment banks. Um, but there's been less um, activity from the insurance side. Um, and what we're trying to find is, you know, going through the different types of technology. So that's including annealing and um, gate-based quantum computing and trying to figure out what are the, the small, because, you know, It's not going to solve the entire problem. It's trying to find the small parts of a big problem that we believe quantum can be solving in the next, you know, 7, 10, 15 years. Um, Part of that is, of course, risk analysis and the Monte Carlo speed ups that are hopefully potential. But then you get more optimization based uh, problems that could have a shorter timeline um, based on how the technology grows. And you know which uh, technology we are going to use, um, and then we have to look into how uh, the improvement in the technology affects just our customers. Um, so you know we don't do pharmaceuticals, but our customers do, and that could affect them. And we need to keep them informed about that. Um, because that's the technology that's probably going to progress the most, um, the fastest, and they need to be aware of that. And there are certain other um, areas like that that um, we think that quantum could really be used for. But we are, I think we're trying to keep it as, um, trying to be realistic with the technology, because I think there's a lot of overhype from maybe the technology providers. And then I think I or we try to um, give them a good baseline not to oversell the technology, but so they, so that our business lines understand when it's going to be available, and that this process is going to take a long time. You know, the use cases that we're going to build are going to be very small at the start, and they're only, they're going to grow um, at you know a slow rate until you reach that quantum advantage stage in however long that's going to be, and then hopefully by then um, you can really take off and prove. Uh, you know how good quantum can be but um, it's going to be a long um long long way
0: one of the challenges that i think organizations have or you know new technology comes in but then you have to sell it to the business units you have to get organizational buy-in otherwise it's just two guys in in a room doing something and no one will ever know what can you uh, share from your experience at AXA that might be relevant to other people who are going into quantum and saying, how do we get organizational buy-in? What should we do? What should we not do to get this going in our companies?
1: Yeah, maybe, George, you can comment a little bit on what we're doing with our internal communities.
2: Yeah, yeah sure, sure. Um, so I think it's really good for, I know quantum computing is quite a confusing, it's got a, you know a steep learning curve at the start. Um, But I think if you get over that curve with maybe a few technical people that do have access to all of these use cases and teach them what the potential of quantum can do and also keep them aware of um, how the technology is growing and be realistic in expectations. And I think that would mean that um, the future for that use case can be very profitable um but it's i think it's creating this internal quantum computing community um where people like lots of different people are interacting with each other um with different quantum levels of quantum computing knowledge um so that you know they can work together to prove these use cases because we found the hardest thing to do is to find the specific use cases that quantum computing can be used for because there's all of these algorithms that are coming out all the technology advancements, um, but aligning them all together and finding the technology that's not only going to be useful in like 10 years, um, but also is going to have a big impact and um, is scalable from now is something that um, we've battled with a lot. Um, and I think having an internal community of you know 100 stakeholders with various backgrounds in the business can really help um, you know, grow that and um, help. How close are you to something in
0: production? Where are you on the quantum journey from understanding the technology to building a couple of simple circuits to prototyping to actually something that would be deployed in production?
2: Um, So I think the deployment in production is a hard thing to gauge because, you know, you don't want to produce something in production if it's not better than its current classical counterpart. Um, We have done a few say, proof of concepts of certain areas um, of where we think a quantum could be useful. But they've always been quite small toy models. And then we're waiting for the you know the, the technology and the hardware to improve so that we can build that into a production environment that we can prove um, is faster than what we're currently doing. But a lot of the areas that we're looking at, uh, the calculations that we need to be doing are just so massive The technology that we're requiring is, you know, in the, you know, I don't like to uh, gauge quantum size by qubits because, you know, there's so much more to a quantum computer just by just the number of qubits, but it's the easiest thing to gauge. And, you know, the qubit numbers just aren't there at the moment for the size of the problems that we want to be working out. We do have, you know, proof of concepts and ideas for, and, you know, as the algorithms change as well we keep keeping up with those and um, hopefully they can, you know, bring forward that timeline and that point that we can actually start deploying them and not just um, using them as a research project. But I still think it's a number of years away until production based environments are going to be you know, affected by quantum. And when that does happen, there'll be lots of other, you know. Like, you know, because you know, at the moment, you're just working on the cloud on like a pay-as-you-go basis. But at that point, it might need um, a bit more of a serious conversation with how it would work.
0: I have a hypothesis on what companies want. And that hypothesis comes from both speaking to a lot of companies as part of my job at Classic, and also because I interview a lot of fascinating people on the podcast. And so I want to ask you a, a few bullet points short answers. If you think it makes sense, I mean, maybe I've got it completely wrong. And so this is my opportunity to learn from the experts. So I think that when companies get into quantum, the the first thing, or not the first thing, but an important thing for them is to build internal competency. So they don't want to say that they say quantum is just too important to outsource everything to a consulting group. Do you think that's a fair statement?
2: Yes, I think, uh, not to jump in too much, but I think that because it's such a complicated technology, you need to internalize some of that knowledge. Because uh, all these consultants or technologies, like technology companies, might be coming with all of these hopes that technology, you know, is going to break the world in three years. And you need to put the ground truth down and be like, no, this is actually what's going to happen for us, um, and not just leave that up to an external provider. Perfect.
0: And so the the other thing I I think people want is short prototyping cycles. So you've identified a number of use cases. Maybe you want to do proof of concepts. It's probably better than a proof of concept takes you know two or three months and not two or three years. You think that's a fair statement? Uh,
1: yeah. Yes. Everybody wants to yeah. have short. Everybody <laughs> wants to have short short cycles. I don't know if it's always the the feasible, but. Uh, Yes, that's that's what you want to do. You want to have uh, go go through things and 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 try to get it done. I mean, I think the most important part of, of of your hypothesis is to get it done. It's not that much the shortness. I mean, it's it's of course you try to make it short, but but I think it's more to to make it without without. I mean, even releasing some some difficulties. So for example, making it the toy instead of trying to you know wait for three years to make it the full size. So so yes, it's a cycle oriented, but uh, but uh, yeah. So uh, you see the spirit. It's a little bit different just to think, yeah, I want, yes, of course, I want short cycles which produce money at the end of the day, right? Okay.
0: <laughs> and to George's point earlier, how important is it when you do the proof of concepts to choose algorithms that scale? So you can say, okay, today I have 20, 30 qubits. I can do this and that, but this algorithm... Once computers are with 2,000 qubits, I can use something very similar on a bigger computer. How, how important it is to choose something that scales, in your opinion?
2: Uh, I think there's two sides there because obviously you want something that scales, but also a scalable algorithm might not have the same impact that a you know a non-scalable algorithm that has a larger impact at like a lower level. And you want to you know we are still a business and to sell the technology to you know the stakeholders you need to show prove that it's working so i think there's a lot of balancing between proving something that could potentially work now uh, to something that could potentially work in 10 years but won't work now uh it's so i think a good analysis of that would be between like annealing and gate based so annealing is um you know more of a realized technology the actual like hope as if it would be you know have quantum advantages still up for debate isn't it but um that is something that you could potentially show now um to like a director and be like look at this amazing thing they can do whereas if you say try and do a like a monte carlo simulation um with an algorithm and try and show that to director that where you're only running it on like three like three or four assets because so much of the other is put into error correction or like just holding the qubits then um yeah i think it does need a balance between the two obviously and also because the research is being it's perpetually you know these algorithms are getting improved upon um by all of the software and the algorithm uh, companies and the universities and like the technology companies like the algorithms of today are definitely not going to be the algorithms of seven years from now maybe like you know sure well, there'll be the, you know, the Grovers and the Shores, like the foundations, but the actual algorithms that we're using at the moment will be potentially different because of how the technology goes. And also I feel like, you know, you, you know how you get superconducting, ion coup, uh, no, sorry, trapped ion, uh, silicon spin, all the different types of technology, um, which one of them is going to come out on top or are they all just going to branch off into their own, you know, because they all have pros and cons, and which one's going to improve I and mean, some do better with some algorithms than other because of you know uh, their decoherence times or like the fabrication um, or the ability to scale them up i think there's so many different factors into choosing which algorithm is best for a certain problem and then putting that to say 10 years in the future uh, is difficult
0: but and that leads me perfectly to the next and next to last point in the hypothesis which is hardware portability. So let's put aside annealing. Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned, there are many gate-based approaches. And organizations that I speak with are saying, well, we're not sure if IonQ is going to win, or Honeywell, or IBM, or PsyQuantum or whoever. I mean, I I like everyone. But how important is it for an organization like AXA to say, we don't want to write the code in such a way that it only runs on one gate-based machine?
1: I think I think this goes uh, a little bit. Uh, it's it's very much in relationship with the previous question, right? Because um, it's it's you're focusing very much on one dimension of, of of the problem, which is the scalability. So I guess that I, I think more important than use scalability, and it was mentioned by George. It's I, I think the fact that this matches a real business problem. Okay, that's that's really a thing. Okay, because. Um, in some sense, uh, quantum computing, is extremely promising, but it's not delivering, let's say, the full expected value yet, right? And and um, we're at an early stage, I understand. But, but you need to find this use case. And, and I think uh, the community in general is very much focused on the technology. <laughs> not enough, I think, looking at the business problem. The business problem is very, very tricky. And this will answer your question, right? Because it's it's very tricky because you need to find the exact place of your problem, which in which you can make it happen. And and since it's not full fledged, uh, let's say in terms of size or memory or whatever, then you need to find a problem which is kind of the right size, the right problem, and and fits your process and has a big business problem. So if you are very close to that, okay. So let's say you do trading, okay, and you're very close to that. And, and you have an uh, option call kind of problem, and you're really close, then you can be very specific to one technology, right? Because you're very close, then you want to optimize this very specific architecture. And then you can you, you, you get this you know, one-year advantage, let's say. OK? <laughs> and, and, and if your problem is a little bit more far away in time, in that case, what you want to do is to be generic. So I, I would say, uh, us, we are more closer to the more generic kind of, I think, approach uh because we have not identified use case where we are really kind of around just just about to put in production where we need to kind of squeeze the thing and exploit the specificities of a technology so yeah so that's 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 i think i think really that we're underestimating or let's say the community in general is underestimating the difficulty to nail the business problem
0: and in that sense and that really brings me to the last part of my hypothesis is that it's really important to be able to integrate experts that are not quantum experts. So experts in trading or experts in life insurance or experts in chemistry, depending on the business problem. I, I suspect you agree with that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I George can tell you, I mean, this is really, we spend a lot of time. It's The difficulty is to kind of uh, convince the people that you need to invest now for something that it's not proven completely yet that this is out there. So people, all these people, all these experts or business experts, they have short-term kind of, uh, uh, you know, missions and, and, and results and, and, and objectives. And, and the, the whole challenge is kind of to, to bring them and, and, and tell them like, what is the potential uh, of this technology? So that, yes, we, they work together. And it's really, as I said, it's not just one dimension, the technology, the scalability, the architecture, it's really everything to make it happen. So I was really happy
0: that you agreed to come on the podcast because I want to bring interesting content to my listeners. But I'm curious, what did you or what do you want to gain from from being here? What would you like to gain from this podcast?
2: Um, Well, of course, we are very um, honored to be back to be here. Um, I think for me, I think it's really important that because the technology is such an early stage that you know there's not too much of a competitive advantage for you know an external ecosystem so say other insurance providers financial providers or general um companies interested in quantum to form a kind of ecosystem of you know what this is what we're doing what are you doing pros and cons because you know um there's not that many people in the quantum space at the moment and it's a space that's only going to grow um so i think bringing knowledge together is is only a good thing and Um, we've realized internally just how much interest there is in quantum because, you know, it's quite a fancy buzzword. People hear it and they get quite excited. Um, So I think maybe producing, I think getting the word out there that um, there is an insurer interested in quantum computing. And, you know, if there are others, um, we can, like, discuss what we're working on and potentially work together in that aspect.
0: Excellent. So my next to last question is... um, you know what you're doing internally at AXA, but if you could influence what other vendors are doing, whether software or hardware or other enterprise companies or consulting companies, what would you like them to focus on in the next year or two?
1: Yeah, so I mentioned a little bit this, right? Uh, it's, um, uh, I told you, like, I think I think what's what's really challenging, I already said, and I will say something else also after that, but the thing is, I really think that the business, the business part of of, of the problem is very important. I mean, if people come and tell me, yes, I can accelerate Monte Carlo sampling from N to square root of N, oh, well, that's cool, right? (laughs) Especially if N is big, but what does it mean this in practice? Okay. For, for, for my business. And I think this is a little bit underestimated. Um, the, the, the other thing is, um, I think we're very at early stage, uh, technology, uh, I think it's very promising. I'm really enthusiastic. I wasn't initially, to be honest with you, <laughs> it's, it's by getting deep into this. I, I really think I'm, I'm, I'm very enthusiastic about it. And, um, but I think, I think since this is early stage, um, also the second thing, I am, it's, 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 it's about trust. Uh, it's about sharing and, 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 and working together. And uh, yeah, so one advice is, yeah, we, we, we work with some, the, the, the people we work with is usually the ones which are open to share and, and not try to kind of like, oh, we have these secrets and we have these great things, but we cannot explain anything. Um, but that they are kind of transparent because as, as you saw through the old podcast, really we're about understanding. You need to have the understanding inside the company to make it happen. So, so, so if, if these companies don't transfer in some sense, the, the understanding it's going to be very difficult to, to, to this, to, to, to make it happen because it's a long chain after <laughs> usually the people you're entering is us, but afterwards there is a long chain after us still. So, so yeah, so it's, it's, it's really about that. Excellent.
0: How can people, uh, get in touch with you to learn more about the work that AXA and, and you are doing?
2: Yes. Um, contact me. I'm happy to talk to anyone about quantum computing. Um, you can put my email in the bio or like contact George Woodman on LinkedIn. Um, and I'd happy to have a chat about you know, anyone that's interested in quantum, potentially collaborating.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you to you Perfect. and thank you for people listening.
2: Yes. Thank you very much.